Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a podcast dedicated to creating living oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. I'm Magic Brian, your host for this growing collection of interviews. Back in August of 2015, a handful of performers headed out to sunny Kuwait to perform in its largest mall, The Avenues. Kiki Vita and I were two of them. I convinced him to sit down and do an interview with me one night after our shows. He took me through his history of performance, starting with doing shows with his sisters, his training as a clown where he met his wife Amelia, also known as Mabel Staplegun, his first shows at South Bank in Melbourne, and he and Amelia's involvement in helping turn a small festival in Landschaft, Germany, into one of the best festivals in Germany. In our conversation, he talks about his seven-month-old daughter who, as of this recording, just turned five, and of a kid show he was working on called Grumpy Pants. I'll give you some updates on both at the end of the interview. So for now, enjoy the conversation I had with Kiki in Kuwait. Just move closer so I feel like I'm talking to you. I'm sitting on the bed. Yeah, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the machine. No, you're talking to me. The machine is recording the fucking interview. Oh, God, this is already annoying. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, um... Don't it's great. It's no, no one here. <laughs> yeah, it's the two of us. What, uh, what is today? Today is, uh... 27. 27? Not 26. 26. Of August. 2015, and we're in Kuwait. Bloody hot over here. And I'm with Kiki Vida, a.k.a. Kiki Ray, a.k.a. Francisco. Let's get all your names. You're confusing everybody. Let's Francisco Luis Vita Rodan. Okay, everyone know me as Kiki. Kiki. <laughs> it's Kiki. Don't confuse the people. It's okay. They'll all be in the episode notes. Are you going to put everything? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. No, we don't. We only put what you want to put. You put whatever you want to put. Okay. Well, Kiki, we're here in Kuwait. I know you're having a great time here in Kuwait. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So we're here, and um, you're leaving. I'm going to still be here. And um, I thought we'd talk to... You'd be off the very first person from Spain on Stories from the Pitch. Congratulations. I'm, I'm the only Spanish person that speaks English. <laughs> you <call it> English? <laughs> <laughs> my god close enough um, so Kiki why don't we start from the beginning how did you get started what was your first before you were street performing did you do anything else did you have a life before you were street performer actually no I didn't yeah. have a life yes I did where did you grow up I grew up in Seville in mm-hmm. the south of Spain I didn't work ever in my life I only have one job in my life in a factory I got kicked out after a week <laughs> what was the factory? The yogurt factory. And they caught me eating yogurts in the back. <laughs> yeah. anyway. How old were you? 18 uh-huh. or 19, something yeah, like that. Pretty responsible. I started performing with my sisters doing birthday parties really? as a clown. Yeah. Wow. Why? I, was, I don't know why. They pay me to do it. But did you I, ever I, have a, did you No, I, I didn't ever do anything. No theater, no juggling skill, anything. Just no. we started doing it. Yeah. And we were getting paid like five thousand pesetas, that was like thirty euros now. It was great for an hour. Just to have fun with the kids. I love it. Easy. Did your sisters do that something they were already doing? No, my sister now is an architect and the other one worked in a but restaurant. At the time was that something that they were doing? I th- I don't know why exactly. I don't remember. We start doing it, and after a year, we start getting bookings in the city to do birthday party and playgrounds and all that shit. And I remember I was having a lot of fun, and then I became a bit of juggling, a bit of clown, a bit of theater. But 
I didn't became a street performer after maybe 10 years after. I did a lot of performing stuff, but then 10 years after my first trip to Australia is when I became a busker. So for 10 years you were just doing... Theater, medieval, working with Tirkus company. Did you do training or you just did this stuff? All the training that I have done has been clowning. Like three months intensive with Eric Lebon from Holland. Okay. Three months with Philippe Collier, Gabriel Chamer. And this is that ten years before you started. Yeah. It never I never thought about basking, really. Yeah. The basking concept is it's not really a Spanish thing. In Spain we don't have that many baskets. They're all from South America. Yeah. Argentina and all that places. Mm -hmm. Was in my trip to Australia when I found out what was a basket. I was like, oh fuck. Why were you going to Australia? For Amelia. I met Amelia in a clown school, my wife. We started working together. And then I went to Australia to visit her. I need some cash. I was in Melbourne. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can put the show together. What year was this? What year? 12 years back from now. I don't know. Where are we? 2015? 2015, so 2003. 2003. 2003? Yeah. And if you do the math right? I think that that was my first pitch was South Bank in Melbourne. Wow. You had a show. You decided to try. I just, no, I didn't have a show. I just have a couple of routines, juggling routine, a routine with a child from the old days in the birthday parties. Uh-huh. And then I put the finale together. That was just a rollerball with three fire clubs. Right copy all the lines from the other performers mm-hmm. <laughs> and put the show there. Terrible time. I didn't make any money. It was tough. You remember your first show really well? Yeah, of course I do. Like, fucking hell. It was terrible. And then I went to the Circus Festival and at that time I was a really good juggler that I know now. I stopped training. And they invited me to the Taste of Tasmania the year Within after. Within the second year? Yeah. I went to one of the biggest basket festivals in Australia in a year. And was a nightmare too. Because I got there and was Bye Boy, who else was? King Antina with Tumble Circus, Judith Lanigan, Popeye, all really good at. And then me with a show that was fucking new. Brand new. And with my English, that is, was even worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember my first show, Chong, Bye Boy, really helped me. Even in one show, he decided to put the sound system and toll over my show. And he gave me all his lines, all generic so lines. He narrated your show. Yeah. And he gave me <laughs> all the lines <laughs> to oh use it in the show. That would be amazing to see that show. Yeah, actually, it was funny. He was sitting in the back with Happy with the dog, uh-huh. with the little anchor, uh-huh. and he was in the front. He was like, Here's my friend from Spain, Kiki, doing this amazing show. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing everything. <laughs> After the child was like, Now you copied all the lines and do the same tomorrow. <laughs> the routines are fine, but your English is yeah. terrible. Okay? So the next day you try to do. Ah, I got some of the lines. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> Too much to remember. Yeah. And really, my show and Bible show is totally the opposite. Is yeah, <laughs> it will be hard Very to put different. that together. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. I remember that, yeah. So, how long did it take you to put it together to really have a show that you felt was working? A few years, really. Let's say three, four years until I had the whole show. I was like, wow, nice working. Yeah, and you borrowed from the clown school and all your different. Um, yeah, it's all pieces and pieces, no? Because everything helps. Any clowning skill, any acting skills, it all helps. Right? Yeah. But really, I had the bone idea for a long time, 
but it changed in four years. Because first I put something in my head with a sparkle, I got children with water gun trying to put it down, it didn't really work, and then I found the bomb, and I was like, fuck. And I was doing the bomb with juggling, that was too much, because the juggling is like, I don't need the juggling. Uh, juggling on a rollerball with the bomb or not? Yeah. No, with the bomb in my head, uh-huh. rollerball and juggling at the same time, it was too much. And then I put the juggling out, and really what it was is the street tease. It's not even the final product, it's before the final. Yeah. But that all happened in the street too. Yeah. Just, Just working in the street. Being playful. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, audience. the people would like is this. It's not. Yeah. The bomb doesn't matter at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a the, the loud sound for the reactor. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and so when you met Amelia, you said you were going to a clown? Clown school. In where? In Ibiza. Uh-huh. In Spain. It's a Dutch man, Eric <coughs> Le Bon. Really good clown, but his theater clown. Really poetic, really different. Actually, we met Theater Lilida from Austria. Really good basker from Austria. In that school too, um, yeah, we start working together. I got another show with my wife. That's yeah. what's not So when did you make that show? It's all happening at the same time. Like we're talking twelve years ago. So everything at the same time. As soon as yeah. you start developing your solo show, you wanted to work together. And soon I would start with Amelia, because with Amelia I start traveling a lot too. Before I was based in my city, I have enough work in my city. But really, with Amelia, we start traveling. I was like, we need something to sell it. And the first three years, we did a lot of, like, whatever, beach, markets, just trying the shows, trying the shows. All Australia? Even in Spain. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I remember with a small car, with all the stuff in the car, going from one beach to the other, trying different spots, trying the show. Was it, it working in Spain? Actually, it wasn't too bad. Because you would be the only ones, yeah? Yeah, it wasn't too bad, because... The people liked it. I mean, yeah. We were the only one. We can do two, three shows every night. Uh-huh. It wasn't an amazing hat, but no, it was enough money yeah. to keep traveling and save and some money. Yeah. practice your show. Yeah. Work on it. And now, 12 years after, some of the pitch that we opened, they are still open. And it's people working on that now. In Spain? Yeah. Like O'Neill and Zara. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because in summer you can work. Yeah. Like, but no one was doing it before you... No. Like, we had done Sara, and there was no one there. And you only had to... Normally, it's a market that they sell stuff, like, mm-hmm. and make stuff. And <coughs> talk to the hippies, and was like, hey, do you mind if we do a show? And of course, they love it, for free. Yeah. And you attract people to the yeah. market. We love it. And I was like, yeah. And now it's off in the beach. That's crazy. Yeah. So they're being worked regularly now by other performers? Every summer, July and August. Every night, Monday mm-hmm. to Sunday. So you created a whole street scene in Spain. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> you can walk, but it's yeah, not great. Not yeah, but yeah, but it's something. <laughs> Who knows what it will turn into? Yeah, more baskets. Right. Yeah. But there was no really ever... You never saw street theater growing up in, in Spain? or Not really. Like, there was a movement in Barcelona a long time ago. <laughs> it disappeared. It's something in Madrid, in El Parque del Retiro. And some people are still basking there. And then in my own city in Seville, seven years ago, I opened a pitch in the center with lights and everything. But really, it was just me and Italian clown mm. working there. But <coughs> I thought Barcelona had a big history of, um, like, with statues and everything. Yeah, it got a good history of baskers, but not 
TikTok shows. Okay. Now what we do? Like it's a lot of musicians and they would they get permission. Right. For musicians. So that was the kind of street theater, but it wasn't yeah. a circle show, was no, it? No, no circle shows. Yeah. No. And now you can't do anything in Barcelona, right? You can try. But the people that is basking there, they do like 15, <coughs> 20 minute shows, mm -hmm. really chore, char, in, out, collect the money. Yeah. It's no, no. And the police call you, they take the sound system and your microphone, first thing. On the second time, you got a fine for 300 euros. Yeah. Was that to get rid of the statues? No, it was to get rid of everybody. To get rid of everybody. What happened in Spain, we got a really good weather in Spain. The people love the street in Spain. It's a bit like Italy. Like yeah, everyone likes to be outside. It's a paradise for a street performer because it's like fuck. It's yeah. full of people everywhere. But in Spain, it's not really a culture of a street performer. Not like in England or maybe United States, Australia. Then anyone try to the street, you see a hippie with three fire class, someone with a drum, and there was a point that there was too many bad street performers that the police has to stop it because they were like, how we can control this? Yeah, and they stop everybody. Everyone. Yeah. But like, why am I going to give you a license? I'm not going to give it to him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you split your time between Australia and Spain? Yeah. Actually, we don't work in Spain too much. We work a lot in Europe, like Germany, Belgium, Slovakia, Italy. We don't do France. Like, and then Australia. And then Middle East. We have been doing fucking Middle East yeah. <laughs> the yeah. last five years yeah. at least one or two Longer jobs that, I think yeah maybe yeah. and yeah we got back to Australia of course Amelia is from Australia we always got back in December January we mm -hmm. spent a few months on there and then come back to Europe and then do the season in Europe what is June to September right. yeah and um, when you were when you found your show back after Sean helped you um <laughs> With my generic lines. When when you really found your show, did you did it feel like this is what I want to do, or did you just think this is what I'm doing and so I'm going to keep doing this? I feel like because you you said ten years before you were street performing, you're doing all this other stuff. Yeah. So did you give that up and then you said this now I'm just going to be the street performer? Actually, for me, performing is always what I want to do, but it's not even for me being as a performer is for me what I generate in the people. I always love that reaction. I yeah. love people laughing and clapping. Mm -hmm. it made me feel good yeah. when I made them feel good. I can appreciate that. I, I wasn't a street performer or it wasn't any idea. Even with the ball, I'm over. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I can do it. And I know how to make the people have fun, but I want to do something else because one really important thing for us is to be fresh. And you keep so many years doing the same show, it's really hard yeah. to be fresh. And you get tired. You get bored of your yeah. words that come out of your face. And tired, and they can yeah. feel it. Yeah. They don't know exactly what it is, but the audience feel it. They're like, oh, it's not, he's not having that much fun. Um, Sometimes it's hard to have fun. Yeah. Or you're having a bad day, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, but and always when you try something new, you will not have fun. You're suffering a little bit, yeah. but all that suffering is fun. And it's real, no fun. It's more like that real thing, no? that human thing that is like, fuck, I'm here. Like, I was telling Adrian the other day performing here, I was doing the show, I was the whole show thinking in something else. It was unbelievable. Yeah. At the moment that you're doing a show, I was like, 
yeah, they're in the bloody telephone, but I'm not here either. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking what I'm going to do after, or if I'm going to Maybe have a Maybe that's why they're in the telephone. He's not even paying attention to what he's doing for us. Like, why should I pay attention to him? Oh my God. Yeah. It happens. So when you were, when, so in making your show with this, you have this freedom, how often do you change your show then? How often do you add new things or challenge yourself or? I'm so lucky now that we're in Barcelona because in Barcelona <laughs> it's a lot of cabarets, for example, and you want to perform, you can perform every night if you want, for you free or like yeah, yeah. 20 euros, like nothing. But those cabarets are perfect to present new ads. Yeah. And I present a lot of new acts. Like I got plenty of cabaret ads that they are mm-hmm. crazy, some work, some doesn't work. If I like something for my next show, like here, I take that three minutes, four minutes, I can put it inside of my street show. Because for us, are it's you, easy. Are you, trying to, are you trying to build more things for your street show, or are you trying to build stuff also for a cabaret? I'm trying to build stuff for the new show that is more like a family show. It will be like an indoor show, really. For, with the two of you? No, just me. Just you? Yeah. The Grumpy Pants. The Grumpy Pants, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the name earlier. Mark Grumpy Pants. <laughs> Mark the Day Grumpy Pants show. But yeah, now I get it ideas and now um, a routine. I can get that four minutes and rehearse of those four minutes in my street show and then put it in the other show. Sure. Yeah, it's... it's right, 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 right. We right. have that freedom. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, well, it depends on how much structure you have in your street show to be able to put four minutes in and then practice it and throw yeah. it back out to the stage. Actually, we got that freedom. Like, I don't know why we're all the time worried. Like, here we're getting paid. No, here, yeah, here we have the freedom. And with the hat, with the hat, that worry thing, it's a strip. You never know. Sometimes the worst show is the best hat. And sometimes the best show is not the best hat. And we get worried, like, oh, the structure has to be this and has to be really da 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 da, and it's like, why? Why? Well, yeah, it just depends on your approach, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you come from clown, so everything is possible. Yeah, I do. And sometimes you start show that it's a disaster and end up, and you are a superhero. The people love you, or the other way around. You start show that you are rocking the show. Something happened, and the show go like, <laughs> like, yeah. But we get, I get worried too. I'm not telling you that I don't get I get worried. Like, fuck, I want to do a good job. But, come on, no one is going to die. We're street performers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> someone could die. Someone could die. Yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, do you... Are you happy that this is the path that you found with street performing? Or do you miss doing indoor cabaret? Because it almost feels like with all that you've done is that this is the market that you're in and you're not stuck in the market but it's easy to be, stay in this market instead of going outside of the market yeah sometimes I, it's hard too no? because as a street performer you start getting your name out the people know you and you start getting all the festivals that there are basking festivals and it's really hard to get out of that circuit and entering a new one like it wasn't a real decision for me. It just happened. Yeah. It happened and now I'm there. Yeah, right. And they know me there. You fell into it. Yeah. And was yeah. like, I didn't choose to be a street performer and do, been doing all the basking festivals. It's like, it just happened. Like, I'm trying something new, but it's, it's more for me. It's like, I just want to do it. I just want to try different stuff. So, the, yeah. the, and the family show that you want to work on, that's for indoor. 
Yeah, I think so. Like with the street shows, we all know like more basking. If you want a basking show, we know the structure, no? What we have to do for a basking show to work, how to start, how to finish the building, the crowd, the big finale, or whatever. And it's like I don't want to fail again in that structure because I know it. Yeah, you don't need and to do that. I don't have to do it again. Yeah, I want to try to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, with this indoor show, whatever it is, I'm trying to get a bit of rid of that. Like, I don't need a big finale, and I don't need that many volunteers, and I don't need to fail in the same jokes. It's like, let's try to find a different way. It will work. Who knows? Who knows? Like, maybe in a year I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> try it, and then you le- and you're going to learn something from it anyway. Yeah. And th- now the show that you do with Amelia, the La Cosa Nostra, uh, you were just telling me the other day that you, you took all the skill out of it. Oh, yeah, because we start that show and was the classic, like, we have everything. Like, we have a club routine juggling, a hula hoop, contact juggling, super finale with roller ball and bowling balls. And with the years, even that I have an injury in my shoulder that made me a worse juggler, it's just that I juggle a bit, we start taking rid of all the skills. But it's because the audience, in the end, is the best director. And they told you what they like. And they don't care about the skills. They love the stupid bits. The interaction between the yeah. two of you. And they was like, we want that. And yeah. we start making that stronger. That at the moment, now that show, it got like 45 minutes, is 10 minutes of skills. Mm-hmm. The other 35 minutes is stupid. Now, is the finale this thing with a duck or something on your head? What happened too? Because I remember <laughs> you said we have the stupidest finale ever. It is, it is really stupid. And what is happening, because we did that show with the structure for basking with high finale, risky, dangerous, whatever, yeah. we took that finale out. And now basking is not that good, that show. Even that the people laugh and have a lot of fun, when you ask for money, it's like, they don't think that you deserve that money. And it's like, hey, come on. <laughs> like, you are laughing for a reason. It I is know, not just a comedy, coincidence. Comedy does not pay yeah. the same as perceived danger. But, and then that show, we are not doing it too much basking. Like, we're getting paid most of the time. So what is the finale, exactly? I just hop on top of two men with heads two that I take my clothes off. I got a rubber duck in my head, a huge right. rubber duck that, that spit water right. to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it doesn't make any sense because we are mafia and the whole show we are fighting with the rubber duck. Because it's like, no, my man, it's not a rubber duck moment, but doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> the people like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit surrealistic it's like yeah. whatever yeah yeah but that's good yeah <laughs> but it's like you said like if, if you're enjoying it for making you happy then the audience is going to be happy yeah actually the audience is happy and the reaction of the audience with that finale is really good yeah but I'm telling you the heart is terrible no of course <laughs> no I completely understand that's going to be terrible um, so when you were, when you were starting out besides Sean and uh, I'm guessing maybe Amelia did she was she doing street when Already, when uh, you were starting? Amelia had done a lot of uh, street theater too, in different way, not basking. Mm-hmm. But she had done a lot of street theater, star-to-star companies in the street. But the real first show of basking or street show, circus show, was the duo. Okay. Yeah. So who else do you think influenced you in, in creating your show? Or whatever, learning about street theater? I think everybody a little bit. Like, I got, I have seen a lot of shows. I remember my first year seeing Edinburgh. I really like Dave Evans, great Dave, what he does. Yeah. It's really 
Fraser, I think that is an amazing performer. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dado, everyone got, even Matt Ricardo with his skills, is really good performers. And, but I like to say never try to be like someone because in the moment that you try to be like someone, you are making a big mistake. Yeah. It's like. But you can take influences yeah, from people. You can take the influence. You can see what they're doing, you get a, a feeling or an essence and say, okay, I want to try to create that the way I can create yeah but even another one that I remember a lot is Jonathan I really like what he did the last show the collector yeah like, it's something Jonathan that is like it's, a, it's beautiful like, yeah fucking hell it's beautiful in the street but I don't really want to be doing that no, in the no, street no, 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 no. even that I appreciate what he's doing mm -hmm. I love it it's not and it's really weird in a way it shows you like, <laughs> it's like hey <laughs> but then it shows you the possibility and you can think oh maybe I can try something more crazy, crazy idea than yeah, I have. But you if can it fits you, if it fits you. You can see how they start that shows too, and it's not happening that long. Yeah. And you can see the show that has been working for years, and it's that really work. Yeah. It's a reason that. Well, they did a new show in Vermont. That <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Crazy. Johnson's like, I, don't, I think we should have done our Slack rope. <laughs> we're not making any money. I'm like, well, because at the end of the show, you're telling everyone to go away. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, no way, it's over. <laughs> what? Uh, even Rumble's thinking, jolly good fellow. Yeah. He's another amazing performer. Yeah. But, and, and maybe he's an influence, but I never want to do what he does. No, no but, one you can't, no one could do it. Yeah, Only Rumble can do it. I love what he does. Yeah. And he got the same bit. At the end of the show, he tells the people, go away or throw me the money. Yeah, Make me it. feel like a king. And yeah. it's like, oh my god. Nah. What a terrible money life. <laughs> yeah. Well, he admits, he says, he's, he's never good at making money on the street. Um, so what, what was, in, in the time of uh, learning, experiencing, like, you know, for the first time doing these shows, what was your, do you have a, a, a place or a moment where you've thought, I've figured this out, I've got it? Like you were, were you, is it Australia maybe you were doing shows or somewhere where you really felt like, now I've got it, this is... With the TNT show, it's like maybe six years ago, was in Edinburgh. When I felt like I got it. This Click. show is done. Like, yeah. it's perfect, the structure is perfect, the audience love it, it's done. But from that point, it's so funny, the show started going down. <laughs> like, really? Because it was like, I got it. And then I started getting involved. I'm yes. always trying to put new things and change this and change that, and I'm going to try this bit. But I remember perfectly that year, like, this show is close. Like, I cannot fit anything else. It's, and from that point, I still I can do it. I know what to do to make the show work perfectly. Yeah. But it feels for me acting, and I'm not an actor. And the moment that I'm acting, I don't enjoy the show. Yeah. I enjoy the show when it's myself. Right. I'm in fun. So why do you have to act? Because I'm making the structure, I'm making the line that has to go there to make the people go crazy and the laughing bit. It's all. It's. Yeah, well, can't it's, you can't you go back to where you were when you were learning to do the show and just be that person again? No, it has to be a new show. Yeah. It has to be something new, because no, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know what you're doing, <laughs> but, you, but there's room to play within that as well. An experiment. Yeah, we try, but Brian, you know, you know how to make the show work, and yeah. then you are 
and it's good. We are professional entertainers, yeah, and we know how to do that. Why <laughs> did we do entertainers in quotes? Professional entertainers. We're entertainers. Yeah, I know what you mean, um, but I don't know. I guess if you want to find that playfulness, you'd have to take those risks again, don't you? Yeah, and it's actually I think that it's good that we don't get really comfortable because in the moment that you get too comfortable, it's what sure. else, what you want to do. Yeah, but come on. But some people like to be comfortable. Some people don't like. Yeah, some people like to be comfortable. Like structure. Sure. I, another thing is true in the street is really talking in a clown way. You have to be the mayor. You have to be on top, no? Like the white face, the one that the people laugh with your volunteer because you are making something to the volunteer. Like, and that is which is, you have to be comfortable. And you have to know what is happening and be a step ahead of the audience to make the show work. Yeah. That is totally true. Yeah. Anyway, and so the duo show. How how much fun is that? It can be both sides. It can be totally both sides. It can be a lot of fun, or it can be a nightmare. <laughs> Depends on what's going on before yeah. the show. And it's, actually, it's I'm performing with my wife too. It's a, a lot of element there. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, like, <laughs> it's kind of so challenging to be able to yeah. like, do a show with your partner. The last few years has been a lot of fun because we didn't really give a shit talking in a bad way. Like that moment that you go out on a stage and you know that you are good, even that you are terrible jokes, but it's good. And because you are so comfortable in that way, can happen where anything that the show is fun. Yeah. But it took a while to get to that point because really sometimes the show was a nightmare and the people yeah. didn't laugh and then you feel stupid. Or that moment that you feel the people is laughing at you, not with you. It's that clowning border that is like, wow, can be really far or can be a disaster. And finish the show like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine you both have a different approach on creating a show and performing in a show, yeah? Amelia is so much better than me what is in a structure on acting and to make things work. Mm -hmm. I can say maybe I'm better in going a bit more crazy and finding the pleasure in stupid things. Yeah. That finale got a really good structure in a funny way, but only work if we have a lot of fun. If yeah. we don't have fun, it doesn't work. And that way I'm better because I know how to have fun just taking my pan off. If the people is with me and it's like, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> like I'm keep doing this forever. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's a good blend then. You guys each, each bring something very different to the duo that can help, right? Yeah. And actually with the character it's the same. Like I try to be the mayor or the boss and I'm not really the boss. She is the boss. Right. Everyone knows that, but I don't know that. In yeah. the show, I pretend that I'm the boss. Yeah. And everyone laugh at me because like you're not the boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any memorable um, shows that either solo or with the two of you guys that either disastrous or otherwise? <laughs> when we decided to take that finale off with Amelia we used to do roll ball and five balls in balls or whatever our skill stuff we were flying where was Ukraine maybe or Zagreb I, I don't remember but we decided to do a new finale that was me with a man in my shoulders and then with another man and with the rubber duck in my head 
and maybe my shoulders and another man in my waist doing like the dragon How do, you, yeah. do you know that? Yeah, legs around your yeah. waist and he's forward and you're holding and they got a guy on top of your shoulders yeah. if you know me I'm yeah, really skinny I'm really yeah, small like, okay. <laughs> the idea was I have the rubber ducket on my head put the man on my shoulder and another one on my waist I'm only a panda rubber ducket and we're on the flight to Zagreb wasn't Zagreb was I don't remember a split and all the men are huge, like fucking huge. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. And we tried that finale. Wait, so wait, you're on the plane looking at the men that you're thinking could be a volunteer, <laughs> still going, let's try this. Not, yeah. not let's scrap it and go no, to no, Japan let's, with it. Let's try this. Where people are smaller. <laughs> let's just do this. I remember doing it, just taking my pound on the tutu and getting a huge Ukrainian man and trying to lift to that in my job <laughs> with the plastic rubber duck in my head and of course it no work like on the man getting so <laughs> we tried for three days three days for three days how many shows a day were you doing what like two shows one show oh, a day until yeah. we decide that that finale <laughs> it didn't work that was like my god it's ridiculous yeah I, I like to do that thing another one I tried the forks I'm throwing forks and in Tarrega, that is like four years ago, I was like, I'm going to change my finale. I'm going to throw forks and explode the balloon with the fork. What are you throwing the forks at? It's like a, like a target. You yeah. Know, a target with phone. Okay. Whatever, I'm doing it. I got the music because it's always sound effects. Like, bing, da, da. First fork, I throw it and I miss the target. I'm going to the audience. Clink, clink, clink. It's like shit. All the children in the ballet. Like, <laughs> first show, first fork. And I got Kapusi, a friend there. I'm like, Kapusi, put yourself behind the target with the sunglasses, protecting the children from my bloody forks. That was a nightmare show. I was like, my God, I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> and you were telling me the other day about this piece of marble you would carry around? Big thick piece of marble. Yeah, that was the finale. You fly with. We have a twenty-five kilos piece of marble. <laughs> <That's> the stupidest <laughs> thing. <laughs> you could use a piece of wood. It doesn't work. It's for the bouncing balls. Okay. And we try everything. Yeah. Like, we try boots. We try anything. It doesn't have to be marble. And we just take it a hand luggage in the airplanes. Nightmare. We got to stop every time. I mean, one time they stopped me because it was like a weapon and I can use it again the pilot of the airplane and I was like it's a piece of marble like 30 centimeter by 10 or 15 it's like what I'm going to hit him on the head <laughs> it's like it's stupid that finale was stupid it was like 20 kilos finale for 7 seconds yeah no. So far, you've told me about three stupid finales that you've done. <laughs> Four. Yeah. The one you're currently doing. <laughs> and then three that didn't work. Well, I have to keep trying things, I tell you. I get bored. <laughs> okay, what's a positive uh, show? Something that, like, you have something that incredible that might have happened. Wow. It's a hard question. Yeah, it is a hard question, I tell you. Because you think there's so many shows, like, w one memory of one moment if there was something, but there's I no think. pressure if you can't think of it. No, I was thinking because it's a lot of sometimes something sticks out. You finish feeling like, wow, that was a super show, but... No. I, most of the time when someone comes in the audience and told you that yeah, they have a really good time, yeah. and for 45 minutes they forgot about their life, yeah. and I'm like, shit. I yeah. did it. I did it again. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's three times already. Three times. I did it again. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. I got the people having fun. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So now you have a, a baby. I got a baby. Seven and, uh, months old. Yeah. Yeah. And you're here in Kuwait and Amelia's with the baby in Edinburgh? My baby got seven months. I mean, the last three months already took 20 flies. Has been in Italy, Bratislava, Scotland, Spain, Australia, Fiji. We're traveling around with the baby wow. on the shows. And, yeah. and is it harder or easier than you thought it would be? Actually, easier. I, I don't know why. Maybe because everyone told you it's going to be really hard, all the family and all the stuff. Like, oh, it's crazy. But, and we have been lucky, the baby's good too. And you get used to have the baby there. And as long as you're there, the baby's happy. Like, but now it's a baby too. It's a bit like hand luggage. You can <laughs> take it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're working with the two solo shows. If the mother is doing the show, I got the baby, and then if I'm doing the show, mommy got the baby. Like, but yeah, it has been has been easier than I thought. Yeah. Let's see in the future. Yeah. yeah. But we got plenty of friends with babies or children. Yeah. I have seen it. I have seen Dave and Tamara doing it, Nigel and Luis. Yeah. I was like, if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah, you just figure it out. Yeah, you find just pass the baby on to somebody else. You only need a couple of extra hours in the airport, and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You need more time for everything. It's the only thing. Right. right. And more things to carry. Yeah. Um, imagine if you need half an hour, 40 minutes to get ready for your show, and you got a baby, you need an hour and a half. Right. Because all the time is the baby, and then getting ready something, and the baby, and getting ready whatever, and the baby, and yeah. But yeah, crazy. Yeah, come on, people have babies. <laughs> <laughs> you said that now when she's seven months, wait till she's a wee year and a half, and you're like, oh god. I don't know, like, could be both sides, like, and you never know, every kid is different too. Yeah, sure. Like, you never know. Yeah. Can be naughty, can be really good behave. We'll see. Yeah. We can tell in a year and a half. Let's get an update. Yeah, but How's the children's show going? Got another stupid finale you want to tell me about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will have another one, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what do you see besides you know you talking about this this kids show that, or this family show that you want to create? What do you see? Do you have a picture of what you want to do down the road? No, not really. Like the idea is to open more the market for myself, because really as a performer, I had to open more the market. I got busking festival and street festivals. I plenty of theaters in Spain, for example, but they are not working. And in Barcelona, I got plenty of friends with the theaters that they want to show. Will people and come to the shows? That is the heartbeat. If they will come, if the show is good, it's the only way. And. You have to do the show, and then the people will tell about the show, and the show is good. But that's like anywhere. Yeah, you will get people in the theater. But it's another market that I got in my hands. So I'm like, okay, I got a street show, I got a theater show, I got whatever, and keep selling and stuff. We have to make a living of what we do. Yeah. Um, and many different aspects of you can hit better. Like cabaret, whatever. We have to do everything, Brian. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have to raise a kid while you're doing everything. Yeah. I, now we got the tent, too. 
Oh, that's right, the tent. <laughs> yeah, the tent. Yeah. <laughs> Have you used it besides using it in uh, Lancet? No, because we bought the tent. We did the premiere last year in Germany. Yeah. And Amelia was pregnant at that point. Mm-hmm. And was was a hard job. The first time is always a hard job. Just putting the tent up, doing all the decoration, getting the performers. And we didn't get any good promotional material to sell it. And we forgot a little bit about the tent too, because the birth, the new house, everything was happening. Yeah. And now we got the second opportunity in the same festival to put the tent up and try to get all the video, photos, all the promotional material and try to sell that product too. Right. right. What would you, would you sell, how would you sell it? As a tent that you bring to the festival that you perform and you book acts for or would you sell it as you run the tent and they do what they want with it? It's hard really because we get the idea from Australia. You know, like, it's not an original idea, but in Australia it really was the tiny top concert. Like yeah. You got the 10, 15 minute shows, mm-hmm. the people pay a couple of bucks when you do the hat at the end. Yeah. But in Europe, that's not really six. And with the Baskin Festival, you try to explain it to them, and they don't get the concert. Hmm. They're like, what, are you going to put a 10 and it's 15 minutes? And I think... <laughs> Those festivals, they don't pay that much. They're used to pay one performer, the fly, the hotel, a little bit of money. With the tank, it go up to five times the price of a buskers because you have to travel with the tent, put up the tent. And then they have to get the, the weights to hold the tent down. Like They have to provide some things. Yeah. And if not the three days of the festival, it's three days before the festival or two and one day after the festival. Um, still, I don't know how I'm going to sell the tent. We will find a way. But, but it, it, it lives in, in Spain. Yeah, it's right actually it's in my house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next door. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, before, I know it's getting late, um, and we all have to do shows tomorrow in the mall. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. <laughs> I still have four more. Um, but you just reminded me about Lanza, the in Germany, that I want the, to, you to talk about, because you were there from the very beginning. And it is in the eighth year? Nine years. Ninth year now. So take us on that journey of the, the vet, how it started, how you guys got involved. Okay, I'm telling you that my show started like 12 years ago, more or less, no? Mm-hmm. That means that 10 years ago, we got our first big basking festival in Europe with the duo show, Amelia and me, that is in Linz, in Austria. Mm-hmm. We went to that festival that the first year was a nightmare and a chaos. And funny bit, we're doing a show at three in the afternoon in the sun, terrible show, like the people is hiding in the shade. We finished the show thinking this was crap. And a man from Germany came to me and I'm like, Martin. I love your show, Martin. <laughs> I want you in my festival. That it never happened before. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, next year is going to be the first time that we are doing the festival. I want your show in that festival. Well, uh, okay, you pay the travel, put the hotel, a bit of money, we go and do it. We went to lunch, that was a really small team, like 10 performers, five circular show, five musicians. It was terrible. So it was the first year, Martin lost money, the organizer, we didn't make hardly any money. Maybe the last day it worked, but the government liked the idea, and they decided to put money for the next year. And then I get a really good relation with Martin as friend. And he's like, Kiki, help me with this. 
just give me some feedback. You are a street performer, you know where it works. After that, we start working together in a way, but more as friends, really, not as business or any yeah. money. Also, our friends. Just, yeah, giving advice. And, and in three years, the festival went from nothing to 120,000 people in three days. And now it's one of the best festivals in Germany. It's amazing. And you've been every year? Every year. Every year. Every year. I remember the. Was it maybe the second year I did it? You said everyone's seen me already. They're sick of me. I can't keep coming back here. I need to take a break. But really, in nine years, the first two years I was with the solo. The second two, no, the first two years I was with the duo. duo. Then the second two years I was with the solo. Then with the duo again. Then the seventh year I only did the gala. Okay, yeah. I that was the year you said you're, you're taking a break. So yeah. The gala. yeah, I'm even taking a break, Martin was like, even if you take a break, you have to come to the gala and do yeah. the gala. I was like, okay, I do the gala. Yeah. I did the gala, and then the last two years, that is the eighth and this year, we're doing the tent. Like, we have been bringing Something new stuff new. all the time. And you really helped kind of bring that festival into where it is now, just giving advice and I support. Help and more than anything, to Martin, to the director, because for him was a really new world, and he really he loved he fell in love with the street performer. He was like, "Fuck, I love this. Yeah. What you do is amazing." And was giving feedback, telling which festival we want to see, and copy ideas from that festival that really were. And that actually, I has been with Martin. I has been in Glastonbury. I has been in Australia. I has been in Switzerland, Germany, Italy. Spain. He's following you around. I mean, in festivals together. Scotland, like, we have been at least in seven, eight countries in yeah. different festivals. The so Martin is like, hey, are you there? Yeah, I'm going there. Just to have a look, tell me which one is a good performer, tell me what is working here. Uh-huh. Like, the circus then, the tiny dot idea, it became from the world basker in New Zealand, from the La Tigre Blue. Uh-huh. That he saw La Tigre Blue and he was like, I want that in my festival. Yeah, I was there in Christchurch that year. Yeah, and we were like, okay, we yeah. can try to make that in your festival. Right. Why not? Right. So he kind of gave you the idea to get the tent. Yeah, he, Amelia wanted the tent. He saw it in New Zealand. Boom. Put it there together and was like, let's do it. Yeah, because now he, you, she wanted the tent. Now he has, you have someone that's going to pay for the tent. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, no, but, but, pay, yeah. but you have you, a gig. The first the tent. step. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. And then we're doing it. Nine years. Yeah, that's crazy. Well done. And what are you going to do for the 10th year? What are you going to bring next year to Lanza? Actually, I would like... I didn't tell this to Martin, but next year, the gala has to be Amelia and me. We have to present the gala. Ah, because nice. we have been doing it for the last 10, 10 years. years. Nah, that would be really that would be I have done the presentation of the gala for three years. And then I stopped it. I was like, Martin... I cannot be more. I haven't got any more material anyway. <laughs> what are you going to do? Like? Yeah. But the next year, the 10 years, I would love to do with Amelia and do it together because it has been 10 years in the festival. Yeah, it's like, a beautiful thing that would be. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's not done. Cool. Let's see. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine you would say no to that idea. <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, how could he? Yeah, he would love it. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, do you have any last thoughts? No. Have fun, people. Have fun. It's all about having fun. <laughs> well, thank you, Kiki, for being a, a representative from Spain. Yeah. In the Busker Hall of Fame, stories from the pitch. 
Thanks, Brian, for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'll see you tomorrow in the mall. Well, there you have it. Have fun, people. Well said, Kiki. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, I wanted to update some of the things we talked about in the interview. The show Grumpy Pants has become a reality, and he's performed it in England, Italy, Germany, Australia, the Middle East, and Scotland. And as for traveling with her daughter, Kiki says, We've been really lucky with her, and she's only five, and she's been to Australia six times. She has traveled around the world with us and our shows, and now she knows that when Daddy or Mommy are performing, that is our job. The hardest bit is the amount of stuff that we have to travel with. As street performers, we have a lot of stuff. But as street performers with a kid, we have double. This podcast is a labor of love, but we do need sponsorship to keep it going. So, if you'd like to become a sponsor of the podcast, contact me at magic at buskerhalloffame.com. You can also visit the Busker Hall of Fame website and throw a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining support of this project at patreon.com forward slash busker stories. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help grow this resource and generate more content. Thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping keep busking history alive. Music for this podcast came from 357 Lover. Links for both songs are available in the notes section of this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend about it and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you'd like someone to be interviewed or you feel a certain voice has not been heard, please reach out to me and let me know. We're doing our best to capture interviews and stories with as many performers as we possibly can. On behalf of myself and the rest of the team of the Busker Hall of Fame, remember, you can't laugh at yourself, find someone else, and laugh at them. I'm Magic Brian. Thanks for listening. Till next time. But I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the machine. No, you're talking to me. The machine is recording the fucking interview.